0: Girls all around Cheers, y'all.
1: <laughs> well, 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 welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this Fine radio program, this uh, program being uh, smoking and toasting. It is the show that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. B&B also uh, proud, uh, proud sponsors, owners, I guess, uh, managers, proprietors of B.B. Lemon, which is right across the mm-hmm. street from the Houston location, and B.B. Italiano, which is... Uh, Downtown Houston. I haven't been to that one yet, but nah, I have to, I have to we make gotta, that We gotta go check that bad boy out I have to make that <coughs> trip That's gonna be a good thing Welcome to the show, it's number 100 and wait, 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 39
2: They haven't stopped us oh, yet Oh,
1: see, I knew you were gonna go there You and your repetitious thing that you do that gets us in trouble from the commenters I think, you know,
2: honestly, I think repetition's good just due to the fact that, you know
1: mm-hmm.
2: People get, you know, they expect things and and we give them what they expect
1: It's kind of like if you went to see And I'm making this up Jimmy Buffett Right? <laughs> and he didn't do Margaritaville
2: Somebody goes to see Jimmy Buffett Because he makes more money than I do Well yeah
1: and <laughs> and can But can you imagine Like you pay all that money to go And then he didn't do Margaritaville And I'm sure he's sick to death of it by now
2: Right He's probably played that song before Yeah
1: yeah, but uh, A time or two You gotta do what you gotta do Jimmy knows that, he's a, he's a smart man He's a good businessman uh, So welcome to the show, we are very glad to have you here We are um, uh, Show number 139 And we are, wow, wow, okay good uh, We are talking today about uh, AI crafted whiskey And the 15 best tequilas you can buy Right now, but we're talking about more than that Actually, uh, Ian, because there's Huge, huge world, uh, News from the world of craft beer Huge. And it's not a joke. Did I see a teaser about this on our page? Yeah, you may have. You may have. Uh, Two of the most prominent craft brewers uh, out there have merged Dogfish Head and Boston Beer Company, which is Sam Adams
2: Beer. That's crazy. And I love Dogfish Head and I have absolute respect for uh, Boston Beer. For Sam Adams and Boston Beer.
1: Well, it's an interesting thing. I, I think what you're seeing. Uh, In in many, many ways is is the beer companies, um, the craft beer companies, and these are two, I mean, very big, very respectable Mm -hmm. as far as craft goes. I think Sam Adams' uh, Boston Beer is the number one or number two craft beer brewer in the world. I think it depends on whether you count. Uh, a B as being craft or not with their craftish beers. If you don't count them, uh, certainly not Adams, indie beer. Yeah, certainly Sam Adams is number one. So if you if you take them as number one, I think Dogfish Head is is top fifteen. Um, that's a pretty big deal. So it's it's interesting because those two
2: companies are absolute innovators mm-hmm. in uh, the craft beer world. Uh, Sam Adams for being uh, the one of the one of the biggest companies to bring. Craft beer back, right? Like that's huge. They really, really pushed that whole market and brought it into a whole new uh, uh, place where they didn't they didn't have a market before
1: that. Well, and I they think created yeah, that. I think they match up well too because I think of Sam Adams. Even though they have some very good and very interesting and revolutionary new brews, but you think of them primarily as the company that has, you know, maybe one of the easiest to find, one of the best marketed uh, and certainly delicious craft beers out there, which is the Sam Adams Boston Lager. You can find that almost anywhere. Uh, and they've done a great job of being as ubiquitous as the big beer companies mm-hmm. and then you got dogfish head which is known for just the crazy innovation yeah. stuff that they do and yeah.
2: what's, what 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 one of the reasons dogfish head has been one of my favorites for the over the years is they're just not afraid to try stuff they're yeah. so crazy they're they like really what are. if we do this and then they do
1: it in fact as our kind of show beer we sometimes will open a beer just before the show that's not one of the ones that we're reviewing but just you know yes and one, we have this, this particular beer we have reviewed yeah, before. And we we have reviewed it before, and I'll put it on the beer cam, and Ian, maybe you can turn the beer cam on. We don't normally do that with the show beer, but given the big news and given the fact that this Kind of blends is in with your a, shirt in the background yes, there. Yes, and given the fact this is a seasonal that has just come back into season, uh, the Dogfish Head, just to show how— you know, wacky these guys yes. can be. Uh, this is Dragons and Yum Yums, Dragons which is and Yum Yum. inspired by a line from a Flaming Lips song. Mm-hmm. At least the title is, and uh, it's really good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take is, that off the beer can. This for a is second, a, a delicious to. beer. I mean, not that again. Not fix. that we're reviewing it. We've done that already. But uh, I have to fix my cup, which was when I see this, I grab it. You know, when it comes back. Yes, out this is year, this so. is
2: outstanding. Well, they have so many fun ones. You know, like mm-hmm. you know, I'm a big fan. Uh, even though I'm not like the IPA guy on the show, I'm a big fan of their 90 minute. I think that's now, just such an outstanding IPA
1: Between the Dogfish head Between the 60 And the 90 And the 120 Do you like the 90 The best No You like the 120 Oh yes. the 120 Is yeah. amazing
2: <laughs> yeah, Absolutely really, amazing But that being really said isn't. The 120 Is not really In a direct comparison To the 90 Correct You know um, yes. So it's it's kind of Its own entity Even though that It kind of follows That same theme But mm-hmm. um, but the 90-minute, I think, is literally one of the absolute best-in-class IPAs mm-hmm. out there. I mean, it's up there with with the uh, the Bell's Two-Hearted Ale. It's up there with uh, the the some of the Stone. I mean, just mm-hmm. absolute classics. Absolutely. It's, it's an outstanding beer. It's one of the few IPAs I'll just buy a six-pack of.
1: And I will say that um, there's been some very good—I tried one of the Sam Adams— um, juicy IPAs that they came out with last summer I believe it was last spring or summer I thought it was as good as anything That the smaller, super innovative breweries Had come out mm-hmm. with uh, along those lines I mean, these guys really know Really still do know how to make beer Well, and- you
2: know, it's, it's funny about Dogfish Head Is, is they don't do normal, really Mm-hmm. Uh, the nor the most normal thing that they've done is uh, they had a session ale that was a little off center. They uh-huh. had a sequench ale mm-hmm. which was kind of a salty sour. I liked. Thing. I thought it was good. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah. It was. A, I mean, they just they just do so many things, and I absolutely love that about this company.
1: Well, I uh, I it was about the time we were wrapping up the show last Thursday that uh, the merger happened. It's a three hundred million dollar cash and stock transaction, and it takes two of the nation's top fifteen craft. Brewers and puts them together, they say it' a better take on competition from big beer and a crowded craft beer landscape that'll put pressure on the smaller players' sales. What I love about this for Sam Adams is I think it makes them cooler, yeah, you know, makes them maybe a little more relevant in this world of what have you brewed for me lately, right, yeah, and I think for dogfish head, what it does is it 's going to give them a chance to get into. Maybe the coolers at your local Time Wise convenience store And places like that, where you can walk in and see, you know, instead of just the AB owned craftish yeah. beers, maybe you would actually see. I mean, can you can you imagine stopping to get gas, walking in to the store, coming out with a six pack or a four pack of the uh, ninety minute? Yeah, I mean that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. So
2: you know, um, one of the ones you know, it, it brings me back to one of the beers that we uh, we reviewed last year was the Sam 76. Oh, that was a great beer, too. I have it? actually bought many six-packs of that. Yeah. That is such a good, light, we, easy drink. And
1: we talked about it as a great uh, sort of like first on the scene yeah. for this new trend of just lighter craft beers. Right. Sessionable craft beers. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so anyway, excited about this. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing... Um, How this potentially strengthens both companies Because I love both companies And I love what they do And let's just face it Beer makes me happy Beer good Beer good Um, Also coming up on the show today uh, We're going to have another installment of our um, uh, Smoking and Toasting recommended shops uh, That's going to be fun Yeah, and uh, we're going to be welcoming Cliff uh, from Plano, Texas, onto the show today. That's uh, going to be pretty awesome. As I recommended, uh, he doesn't sound like he's from Plano, Texas, by the way, <laughs> but uh, but he is. He's from Plano, Texas. And we'll we'll talk with him. We'll talk with him about that. Uh, thanks to our special guest last week, uh, the Party Boy Evan Camp from uh, uh, Eureka Heights Brewing, who brought some great beers. Oh my god!
2: Oh, he was a blast. Yeah, he too. was
1: a lot of fun. And uh, we also want to point out, by the way, that there's two big things to celebrate this week, and I think we should. Maybe have drinks on the show and celebrate these things. Okay. One is that this week is Craft Beer Week. Mm, I love that. States
2: of America. Oddly enough, we are drinking craft beer right now.
1: Oddly enough, and I may need a little more of that in a moment. Um, (laughs) And then Saturday is World Whiskey Day. Ooh. Yeah. So I'm thinking you can get behind both of these celebrations. I'm I'm a fan of whiskey. You know (laughs) where we're going to be Saturday, right? Yes, I do. And that's uh, something that we'll uh, you know we'll be able to have fun with for next week's show. Uh, because we're going to be on a paddle boat in the Galveston Harbor, not one we paddle ourselves, but we kind with the big paddle yes. wheels. We'll, we'll be smoking cigars, not paddling. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the folks at EP Carrillo have invited us on a little cigar cruise, and uh, our good and, friend, Maduro's, uh, and Maduro's lounge, cigar, cigar yeah. lounge, yeah, and our good friend Alan Denny, who nobody cares about. That guy's awesome I love uh, we'll that Will be there And uh, so will uh, Some of the representatives From E.P. Carrillo so That's going to be we're so We're looking awesome. very forward To yep. uh, uh, getting to sit down talk, uh, talk cigars a little bit And uh, then bring you that As a part of next week's show Which That's should be
2: awesome That's going to be An absolute yep. blast
1: So we'll be looking forward To that uh, To bring you that In show number 140 uh, Which will happen, to happen Next week So Crazy week. There's so many crazy things going on. I say that a lot. It always feels that way whenever we get to sit down here and and kind of like go, "Okay, let's let's talk cigars, let's have a beer, let's maybe have a little tequila, which we'll do later on in the show." Ooh. Uh but uh tell me about your weekend. Did you smoke anything interesting this week?
2: Well, you know, uh, I did. I did my normal uh thing where I got up this morning, I made breakfast tacos. That didn't have anything breakfasty in them, but they were tacos. They do. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love the that idea. Might be a, that might be a Texas thing more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Breakfast tacos are amazing, by the way. Mm-hmm. Or in my case, I didn't actually have breakfast tacos; I had tacos for breakfast. But, but close works enough, me. right? Yeah, works for me. Uh, I went by uh, Casa Monte Cristo just for fun. Um, I picked out uh, the first cigar that I saw, actually. Really? Yeah, it was the right side. I got there a little bit late, so I wanted a smaller cigar so I'd have time to do that mm-hmm, and get the pictures mm-hmm. over to Adam so we could get all this uh, stuff done. So I picked out a Henry Clay Warhawk. It was right in front of oh, me. Oh, nice. And I hadn't had one before. Um, it, this was a Corona. It was a five and a half by 44. Uh, I nice.
1: Haven't, I haven't had a Henry Clay in a long,
2: long yeah, time. Yeah, same here. Like I remember Henry Henry Clay from years ago, but I don't, I don't know the last time I picked one up. And I thought, mm-hmm. well, you know what? Why not? Uh, it's very... Not the kind of cigar that I immediately grabbed. First off, it was a very light brown wrapper. Um, It was uh, mostly smooth on the outside with some veins. Very firm, like almost you wonder if it's going to draw right kind of firm. Right, right. Uh, I used a punch uh, on it. It had a medium draw. Um, The uh, pre-light sniff on this had a lot of hay and earth, a little bit of cinnamon creaminess to it that was... All coming through the nose. It was really interesting. I like the way it smelled a lot. It's like, you know, that 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 classic humidor smell when you walk yeah. in the humidor. It just owned that. Yeah, <laughs> I know? love it. I love it. Um, the pre light, uh, uh, let's see, I used a punch, medium draw. It had kind of the pre light draw was kind of creamy, a little hay, uh, very tobacco y, and a little fruitiness to it, kind of almost on mm-hmm. a little twang on the back of it that was interesting. Uh, that never actually developed. The fruit part never really developed. But, um, uh the initial light was uh, again that creaminess just came right through it had light pepper and cappuccino flavors just piling up Sweet. right on the initial light. So it was a really really pleasant initial light, mm-hmm, nothing mm-hmm. harsh. Uh the pepper was uh was there but it wasn't, you know, a, a bomb of pepper or anything like that. Uh the first third of the cigar, uh pepper and cream up front, earth, traditional tobacco right behind it, light cinnamon or baking spice in the background that was Really interesting on the it was it was right in the palate and kind of a lingering aftertaste which was really pleasant, um, and uh, it, I mean it had a solid ash and a perfect burn through the first third of it, the second third of this uh, smooth creamy traditional tobacco moved up front cappuccino and toast moved up front. Sweet. I got some of that toastiness. It's really nice and with that creaminess when you
1: say toast it, you mean like toasted bread like right? toasted
2: bread yeah, yeah like toast like. Really uh, straight up, like uh, I'm about to put some butter on this. Um, the pepper moved uh, way in the back; it was almost non-existent in the second third of this cigar. Mm. It was just a just a kiss of it in the end. Solid ash, perfect burn. Nice this thing. Um, the last third of the cigar, creamy cappuccino right up front. Toast pepper started moving up a little bit more present. Got a little bit of campfire in there, and then that cinnamon came back. That cinnamon or baking spice came back. Um, uh, just to just to finish it off, it left almost a little bit of a creamy sweetness on the aftertaste. I was really enjoying that part of the cigar. So uh, overall, this cigar uh, also uh, solid ash, perfect burn. Like this nice. thing burned great. There's pictures of it. I'm sure you're seeing out there. Um, this was uh, a solid medium cigar. Uh, definitely, I wouldn't say mild to medium. I'd say right right in the middle of medium by mm-hmm. the by the end of it all. Um, great flavor experience all the way through. I paid seven dollars for this cigar, maybe uh, a hair under seven dollars for a cigar. Is worth every single penny. I gave it a nice. solid five. Solid five. Um, Great cigar experience, and I just wish every cigar was constructed like that. You know, yeah. Like the you construction when you get a it,
1: really good one, it's it's.
2: And, and at a seven dollar price range, you know you expect it to be pretty good, but mm-hmm. you know I was just I was just even more than pleasantly surprised by how well the construction was, how well it lit up. It never loaded up heat wise or anything like that. It was a great
1: cigar. That's how about awesome. you? That's awesome. Well, I smoked an interesting one that actually has been in my humidor for a while since I picked it up at Stogies a while back. Oh yeah, uh, it is the Alec Bradley Nicopuro H Town. Lancetto. This is a the Stogie's H-Town, special right. Yeah. right. They produced this specifically for Stogie's. I I want to say it was a fairly limited release, you know, several thousand boxes or several hundred uh-huh. boxes, uh, like most of the H Town series. And Stogie's, for those who aren't familiar uh, with it, it's here in Houston where we live. It's one of the larger cigar retailers, mm-hmm. and they really have embarked on doing their own series of the H Town yes. Cigars um, with a lot of different um, cigar manufacturers. They've gone to, you know, mm-hmm. everybody from Matt Booth to Drew Estate to, uh, uh, in this case, Alec Bradley. I've mm-hmm. done cigars for them specifically for their line. And I believe, I don't know if they are all Lancetos, but most Jorge of them. Loves the Lanceros. Jorge loves the Lancetos. Jorge loves I've had a couple of those. Yes. I haven't had that one, but yeah. I've had a couple and, of them. Uh, so this is what I smoked. <coughs> like I said, been sitting in the humidor for a while. Uh, was uh, nice and. Um, you know, nice and humidified uh, This was the second uh, cigar released in the H-Town series, by the way I think Matt Booth did the first one uh, from Room 101 And uh, and this this was the second one uh, Nico puro is uh, short for Nicaraguan Puro mm-hmm. Which means that the wrapper, the binder, and the filler All, all come Nicaraguan. from Nicaragua Yes uh, It was a dark brown wrapper with, with a little pigtail cap Which I always like those pigtail caps <laughs> Right um, Some woodiness and hay on the pre-light Very pleasant uh, once I lit this up, I had a bit or uh, a bit of like coffee or espresso flavor mm-hmm. right off the bat. But there was also a little bit of bitter harshness that popped up. Hmm. Right away, right on the initial, right, right light. on the initial light. Not enough to keep me from enjoying the cigar, but I definitely found myself hoping that goes away as yeah. I smoked it. You know what I mean? Because it felt like okay, there's some interesting flavors in here. I want to get to them. I don't want them to be overshadowed by that sort of um, uh, that sort of bitterness that the harshness. As,
2: as far so. as I know, by the way, you can uh, you can temper some of the harshness on a cigar by toasting the end of it before you actually light it.
1: Well, and and I generally will yeah. do that. Like I don't I don't immediately start puffing even though I'm using a lighter and I know you really should use cedar and all that stuff and I love doing that, but it's not always, you know, feasible for where I am. Um so I will try to toast the foot as much as I can yeah. and then take a couple of puffs and then I kind of toast a little bit more Just to try to make sure I get an even burn Get a nice even burn Uh, But that's uh, So that's how I did when I lit this And with it being a Lancero There's not a lot of uh, Not a lot of room Not a lot of room So it's easy to get a fairly even uh, Lanceros for those who
2: don't know what that is That
1: is a long skinny cigar Long skinny cigar That's absolutely right So uh, anyway The The Harshness was not enough to keep me From enjoying the cigar but I was hoping To zero in on the other flavors and uh, So I was hoping it would lessen and About halfway through the cigar it did So Depending on whether you're a glass half full or a glass half empty person, either the cigar was a bit harsh for half of the cigar or, hey, once I got to the halfway point, it completely went away. Um, uh, So it lessened, at least. Or you got harsh blind from it. Look, I still had a lot of the cigar to go at that point because it's a long cigar. The pepper and espresso were very nice. There was a sweetness that I could make out. Uh, once that harsher bite lessened uh, a little bit, construction was pretty good. It burned a little unevenly at first. You may have seen that in the picture already. Uh, but, you know, a tiny bit of touch up and, and it was fine. That wasn't an issue. Uh, overall, I enjoyed it. It actually took quite a bit longer to smoke than I was expecting. Uh, about an hour and a half to smoke that. Wow. Baby. Yeah. Uh, just a little under an hour and a half. Um, at $8, I can't quite give it a five. Ah, because of that harshness, I'd like to. I'll give it a four and a half because I did really enjoy the cigar. If that harshness had had not been a part of that first half worth, and I'm actually anxious to try another one to see if that was isolated to the right, stick right. that I had or if it's just something about the construction. And So the you burn, liked it you
2: know. at that price point to pick up another one and try I, it. I, yeah.
1: I mean, uh, a 4.5 is slightly yeah. less than I feel like I got what I paid for, but it's not enough less where I'm going, I'm staying away from that one. Right, right. You know? I'll, I'll, tr- I'll try another one, and if it if it has that you know same sort of harshness, then that probably would be the last one I'd buy because, again, when you're talking about a uh, – you know you're talking about a seven dollar and eight dollar cigar, you're talking about there's a lot of great options in yeah, that price oh yeah. in that price range. So uh, but I enjoyed it, and uh, and obviously we love Jorge and the guys at Stogies, and and you know love supporting their things. I'll I'll try all of those lancetos yes, eventually, yes. you know, uh, because I just think it's uh, a worthwhile thing to do. So, okay, so coming up on the show, we're going to chat with Cliff from the Plano Cigar Warehouse. It is our latest smoking and toasting recommended shop from Plano, Texas, in the Dallas area. And Ian, in our next segment, we're going to um, do something we haven't done in a while on the show. We're going to taste a mystery beer. A mystery beer. Yes. I'm very excited about this because I want this to be something that we taste without. uh, 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 Admittedly, I do know what it is. But I want you guys to be able to taste it without knowing what it is and tell me what you think uh, before I tell you what it is. Because it could be that expectations are really high and I want to see if it lives up to it. Or, or it could that be that expectations are really low, really low And I want to see if it outperforms them so. Do you ever feel like a crash test dummy? Sometimes, yes <laughs> But I feel like a crash test dummy that gets to drink beer So that's a, that's a <laughs> you know, When you think about these things, it's a wonderful thing So, uh, mystery beer coming next Plus um, we uh, We will get to this on the program today um, the Texas Whiskey Festival winners were announced. And actually, we've been trying to get to this for the last two weeks. I will right. get to it today. We want to share those with you because there's some pretty exciting uh, uh, Texas whiskeys that, uh, that nab some pretty cool awards. So awesome. we'll share that with you coming up. You're listening to Smoking and Toasting, and we will be right back. <coughs> Isn't it wonderful? I just love that beer. Welcome back. It is smoking and toasting. We are so glad to have you hanging out with us and enjoying show number 139. We're brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. So I'll tell you, not only uh, does Sammy Hagar have another uh, tequila coming that he's doing with... Guy Fieri, not only does um, uh, George Clooney have a new tequila But we have yet another entry into the celebrity tequila arena This time from The Rock From The Rock Yes (laughs) Did we need a
2: tequila from The Rock, really? Really? Uh, I, you know he's an oddly charismatic fellow. I actually kind
1: of like him. I, like, I mean, he's, he's been his, in a lot movies, of movies that movies are, are, are really questionable, questionable. Yes, yeah, exactly. But I kind of like him anyway. Yeah, I know. I'm kind of kind of with you on that. He's one of those guys. He's that,
2: hilarious and be cool. By the way, yeah, like, yeah. That's such a funny role.
1: And he's one of those guys that gets up at like three in the morning to start working out. Oh, like yeah. he's like really serious. And about he it. finishes at three <laughs> a- in the afternoon. Yeah, that's right. So, so yeah. <laughs> so you never know. But yeah, the tequila. Uh, the latest uh, tequila will be from Dwayne the Rock Johnson, and uh, he spent uh, he posted recently that he spent all weekend tasting every batch of his new tequila fresh out of the barrels from Mexico. Wow, you, you got to love that! I mean, no wonder people Medication. no wonder people launch their own tequilas. <laughs> what a, what a great thing to do, you know? So, uh, I don't think we have a name. Yet, oh, this is that new. Yeah, yeah, but there is a new tequila brand like, in way phone. in the works. Well, I guess we'll have to try yeah. it. Uh, the rock. I mean, so. who knows the Bob Dylan
2: was the Bob Dylan whiskey was pretty good. Actually,
1: it wasn't, it wasn't bad. Yeah, we still haven't actually tried the Conor McGregor. Mm-mm. That, but trying it would mean that either you or I had to actually spring for a bottle, and then we'd point. have to
2: put it on the shelf next to Malort by all the reviews. Yeah,
1: and and what was that other whiskey you brought in the other day with the uh, oh that that, that uh,
2: Corsair Double Hop? Yeah, yeah.
1: I carried that thing after the show. I carried it down uh, because I thought I'd put it down where some of the bands occasionally, you know, uh, Uh uh, drink the whiskey that's left over. The the bands that come in and play on the different stations. And uh, uh, Keegan, who was kind enough to bring us the... uh, the Metallica whiskey, uh-huh. the blackened whiskey from Metallica. Uh, yeah, Keegan kind of carried it back down and said, No, I, I can't get it. Well,
2: he opened it, and that stuff yeah. reeked so much. But here's a <laughs> funny thing. Bad, so yes. I, I, I pulled him in a parking lot at the same time as Keegan today. Yeah. And we were chatting on the way in. Yeah. And he had a fresh bottle of Whistle Pig, the farm stock mm-hmm. rye, in his hand. So I'm just letting you know that. Okay. It's because he's to know. right down the hall.
1: You may have, we may have to have a conference <laughs> That's right <laughs> we so, have
2: have uh, But we were talking about it and I laughed about that whiskey And he goes you know though I tried it He goes it doesn't taste that bad See, I d- said it uh, definitely
1: smells worse than it There's tastes. no question it smells like, worse it than smells- it <laughs> So, yeah, it's not that bad, but still, when you're there's so many great whiskeys out there right now at so many different price yeah, points. Why go for not that? Why bad? Why go for not that? bad? Because guess exactly. what? Not that bad isn't. Yes, it's not good. It's not good. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So with that in mind as a backdrop, let's taste the mystery beer. I'm excited to uh, to see what you think of this and get. Uh, it has almost no, almost no nose, nose on it. Yes, yes, yeah. that's interesting. Now, oh, see, I just. I did that thing again <laughs> where I snorted some of it up into my nostril That was brilliant Okay, now I'm going to have to rely on you to carry the show for a moment <laughs> Right, right yeah.
2: So the the color on this is actually really nice It's a, a slightly darker amber um, The carbonation looks solid It looks like a good quality beer yeah. I don't know what it is mm. There's almost no nose I'm I'm fascinated by the fact that there's almost nothing happening
1: Maybe a tiny bit of malty but Well, I'm going to tell you, having just taken a little sip which I did if nothing else to try and just clear out this weird thing that's going on now in my nostril. <coughs> it definitely has more taste than it has smell.
2: Yes. And it has a very multi-forward kind of taste going on. Mm-hmm. There's a um There's a a sweetness to it almost like a Sugar cane sweetness to it That is happening in the middle of that
1: Well I'm getting some oakiness to it as well Are you getting
2: that? I don't get any oaky Maybe
1: it's the malt That I'm tasting
2: I mean it's malt right up front And then there's this kind of sugary Maybe almost a brown sugary kind of Yeah I know what you're uh, talking about Thing going on And it finishes And there's almost no finish on this Um And then there's a little bitter that kind of comes back. Right. A little hoppy bitters? I guess from the hops. I don't don't think I like the aftertaste on this. Um, I don't mind up front. I think it's an okay beer. Um, It's drinkable. I I don't know exactly what this is. Is it like my favorite beer ever? Yeah. (laughs) You're going to pull out one of the beers I've been raving about for a while? I actually got got
1: Tiffany to send me this from your uh, beer (laughs) beer beer collection. Right, got it out of my beer fridge? No. uh, Uh, No,
2: I... um, I, I don't know. Like this, this leaves me wanting a little bit on the back of the flavor. Uh, Agreed. It's it's a little thinner overall feeling. I don't I don't think it has it has kind of a thin mouth feel to it. So I don't know.
1: Well, my friend, you have been drinking the Budweiser Copper Lager, which is aged in real Jim, uh, not in Jim Beam barrels, but aged on real Jim Beam barrel staves. So I will put that on the uh, on the beer can.
2: I will tell you this is better than any of the other Budweisers <laughs> I've ever tried.
1: I would have a tendency to agree with you. This has actual flavor. Yeah. Uh huh. And, and it has it that sugariness
2: though to it. It's almost um, it's that brown sugar or sugar cane kind of thing going on in the background. It's a little weird.
1: So one of the reasons I wanted to do this as a mystery beer because. If we knew it was Budweiser I mean, you're automatically Yeah, you're automatically jabbed against I think, it uh, if, if you know it's Budweiser So I wanted to get as much of that out of the way As possible and give it a fair shake But I sort of feel like My reaction to it overall is kind of like Yeah, this is sort of what happens When When macro make tries to make microbrew Try to make a microbrew, Right, exactly and, and that really, if you think about it Doesn't make a lot of sense Because You'd have to be a good brewmaster to get the job of being the Budweiser brewmaster, right? Yeah, I mean, like, you have to be good at what you do, right? There's no way that job's just going to some yeah, dude. They don't give it to know? an idiot, right? Exactly. So, so how do you? So how do you? I don't know. You would think those guys would be able to brew any kind of beer they wanted to, and come up with a recipe that would really totally work, right? Am I? Am I? You'd think this, you know, like. I'm gonna back
2: up everything I said. It's drinkable. It's, yes. it's. You know what? though the longer it sits on my tongue, there's a weird aftertaste thing that's happening. Like, it's uh, a, it, so Adam's agreeing uh, the aftertaste, and it's, it's 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 like coats the tongue kind of aftertaste weirdness. To and see it.
1: why does that see why does that happen? Uh, if and and this is this is where I'm trying to be fair what if if this label instead of saying budweiser copper lager if it said I'll just make this up if it said um,
2: Houston's newest craft brewery r- right, whatever. Right, whatever
1: that would be right. right would would we be reacting to it the same i mean or would it, would it still leave the same aftertaste on your tongue like you know what i'm saying like there's a certain amount of that that I think messes with your mind. I think there's, okay, so I'm
2: glad you did this as a blind thing because I'm, I'm going to stick to my guns on the whole thing. There's a pleasant maltiness right up front. The color, mm-hmm. I mean, it looks great. This is a great looking beer. Mm-hmm. There's no
1: nose to it whatsoever almost. None. I mean, like I literally inhaled it into my nostril trying to <laughs> get something uh, on the nose from this and there was nothing.
2: Yeah, and then um, and the maltiness so far, but there's that weird sugariness. Towards the middle of the pile, and then it has nothing at the end of the pile, and then it has this weird kind of soapy, almost aftertaste to it. Would, maybe "soapy" is the wrong word. It's it's kind of like it's coated my mouth, but right. it's on the front of my tongue. Right. It's it's.
1: I will agree with you, though. It's my favorite Budweiser.
2: I, I would pick this probably over the other Budweisers. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Just trying to
2: see because if it has me. some flavor. Maybe "integrity" is the wrong word, but it has some flavor profile parts to it that I kind of like versus what regular Budweiser does although regular Budweiser as as their their lager their flagship Budweiser is it's not a horrible beer it's just not a very flavorful beer you know so I don't know here's what the beer says on the bottle. The bottle's cool, though. I like the, the retro bottle. The But is bottle. cool,
1: yep. Uh, but uh, it but says, then they're selling the package again. <laughs> well, yeah, and they're going to do that, though. First of all, it is 6.2%. Uh, they say this is a flavorful American copper lager brewed with a two-row barley and aged on real Jim Beam bourbon barrel staves for a toasted oak aroma. It's, there's no toasted oak aroma. A distinctively nutty taste. With a caramel rye and vanilla notes and a smooth caramel
2: finish. is the sugariness.
1: I can when you said caramel,
2: it kind of clicked. It's a caramel. Yeah. That's why I kept saying like the brown sugar or the right. the sugariness it's the that's caramel in there.
1: that you're thinking of that that is giving you that. But it's not. I, you know,
2: it's it's better than what I'd expect from Budweiser, but it's not. I mean, this doesn't hold a candlestick to the old school uh, uh, sympathy for the lager... Well, to, I, I was just about to ask. Um, what, if this had Sam from, what if this had come from Sam seventy six? What if this
1: had come from Carbach or from Goose Island? Would you be? Would your expectations be higher? Therefore, you would be more disappointed?
2: So I think so. I think I think because of the nature, because we're people, you right, know. I right. mean, like we we drink labels mm-hmm. to some degree, you know. Um, and I'm, again, I'm very glad that you did that as a blind taste because my initial response to that holds true even after I've. You know, finished almost this whole cup of it, plus a little bit. Uh, it's drinkable. It's it's better than the rest. If if you had a freezer or a, fr- a fridge full of most macro brews and you had this, That's I, I would choose for. this. Yeah, um, I agree. Uh, just because it has some flavor to go by. Um I'm not a big fan of that aftertaste. That the, the, It's Agreed. the lingering. It's not like right after you swallow, though. It's a, a stuck-on-your-tongue-for-a-while mm-hmm. thing. But I assume if you were having pizza with this, it would probably be okay because a pizza would kill that aftertaste. <laughs> um, so, uh, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, that's an interesting interesting thing. Is it worth buying? How much is it a six-pack?
1: I'm assuming it's uh, – I don't remember. I because
2: actually- if this is budweiser price six-pack – it's probably worth trying for people who yeah. like Budweiser and want to try something a little bigger. I will tell Although you— Although, I,
1: I will tell you—I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I will tell you, I picked it up at Kroger, where I was assembling my own six-pack, and I was able to snag one. So that means, A, it's around the same price as the other you know, craft beers they have in it per bottle, or they wouldn't have uh, right. put it in there. And, B, it's— um, Um, you know, it allowed me to do it without having to buy a six pack. I will tell you this.
2: If this is a ten dollar six pack, not worth it. If this is a six to seven dollar Budweiser price range, it's worth trying. Okay. That's That's what that's what I would think on this because if this is a ten dollar six pack and you're putting it up against any other of the great craft or indie ales that we've had mm-hmm. including uh the dogfish head or the uh, eureka heights let's put this putting this up against um something like mostly harmless from eureka heights
1: no it doesn't it's not it even close it. yeah it doesn't hold it. you know
2: i mean it's it's not even close because this Feels to me Like it's trying So the next time I, It's kind of like That McDonald's burger That's trying to be A
1: better burger trying to be burger. A real burger Yeah, yeah it's yeah. just
2: It's not good Yeah right But you it's al- edible
1: You almost want to go With just the regular Cheap cheeseburger Because you know What you're getting uh, Anytime I go to McDonald's
2: <laughs> All I get is The little double cheeseburger. Yeah double cheeseburger 99 cents Yeah you know What you're yeah, getting And yeah. you're yeah. not Paying
1: too much for it <laughs> That's exactly right <laughs> uh, I will tell you though The next time I do A mystery beer It's going to be like Something really expensive And exotic Just so that you don't expect that every time I bring I, a mystery beer, I it's love be no. I love the something cheap that I'm trying to pass. Out
2: I love years. the idea of the mystery beer, and I love that you did it this way because you get an absolute honest reaction out of me. And like there's and everything I say it, said about it, I'll back it up. I mean, yeah, no, I, I agree. And I will tell you this: if I saw this and it had uh, a, a well-known craft beer name on it, I would have been very disappointed.
1: In so, you, in the so account. if this had been Goose Island or Carbach, you'd have been you'd have been a little disappointed.
2: Yes. Okay.
1: Well, but, actually not with Goose Island and Carbock, because they're both uh, Well, you know that, but still they have different and higher about. standards than than Budweiser True. when it comes just, to the flavor to of their beer. Except for I that know. Bourbon I, County I, stout
2: I, is so, so uh, good. Yeah, I know. God, I, I
1: know. <laughs> and look, there's times when a Goose IPA is an awfully good thing. And I love yeah. the big and bright from Carbock. So um Yeah, I
2: mean it's drinkable. There's yeah. there's that weird. And thing I, I I don't know I think we should do this more often I think it's fun uh, I think it's challenging enough. I liked it I liked it Oh uh, Brian says craft beer priced Yeah see so uh, so if
1: it's craft price it I'm eight, gonna say don't waste your money
2: Eight and a half at a uh, at Kroger so they're they're sneaking in well, just under craft eight beer price and a half
1: maybe craft beer I price th- is
2: ten dollars
1: w- per six pack right. or or up or up Yeah, yeah right or up so right so that's what I think because for ten bucks a six pack I can get you know, Eureka Heights, Buckle Bunny, or, or uh, you know, um,
2: but you can. Can you see that marketing? Uh, <laughs> can
1: you see that whole
2: marketing uh, meeting where they're like, "We're at six dollars with the Budweiser, <laughs> craft beer is ten dollars." Yeah,
1: what can we sell for?
2: How eight? how many times do you think they move that little marker up and uh, down okay. until they landed on and eight? See, and a that's
1: what that's what. Uh, if there's anything to me that the craft beer movement personifies. Is it personifies the opposite of that, where it's not about what gets decided in the boardroom. It's about a, a chef, a brewmaster, someone with an idea and a recipe who's trying to get something to turn out a certain way. And when they have it, they go, here's our new beer. And then they decide, OK, what do we charge for? it?" Like You know what I mean?
2: Uh, you know what I'm curious about more than anything. Budweiser is a huge company. They have changed the way we drink beer many times over their, uh, over their over uh, their career. Uh, to to the macro brew industry, we owe refrigeration. Sure, I mean. They pushed that market so hard that mm-hmm. you know we have ACs in our house because of that. Sure, that makes like, sense. That's it's amazing, you know. Um, so Budweiser or NASA is
1: responsible for our houses <laughs> that's being air
2: right. So you got to give them, you got to give them credit for those things. But at the same time, if you want to make a craft beer, Budweiser, why don't you do one simple thing? Hire. Someone who makes craft beer to make craft beer for Budweiser, but, but they've done that. They've bought these companies. No, they've bought those companies, and then they soak the money from those companies. They don't hire somebody to make a Budweiser craft so,
1: beer. So you're going to tell me there's not a great craftsman of beer at Carbach right now at Goose I'm Island? I'm not right now. telling you at that. You're, no, no, you're weed. putting
2: you're putting words Wick in my mouth. Weed, I tell you're you, you're putting words in my mouth. They buy those companies. They let them do what they do. They water it down if they can and then they soak up the money from it. That's what they do. This right here is an example of them going, we're going to make a craft beer or a craftier beer from Budweiser or bump up the price. But can't you get somebody who tasted this to put it out? Like there's no aroma on this. There's no there's no back to the flavor on this. Who said this was the good so, beer to put out?
1: So you're telling me that the this one should have gone back? And going, you're not, you're not finished. With
2: I'm it saying, yet. if they're going to make a craft beer, why don't they make a craft beer, not something that sounds that tastes like a micro. Or a macro brew making a craft beer
1: I think you just said it all
2: I mean, th- th- what I'm saying is If you're going to do it, why don't you just do it Okay, Don't try to sneak this product in on your customers They already like Bud Light Let them drink Bud Light
1: This one does kind of feel like they're sneaking it in doesn't
2: There's it? so many great craft beers That are a better introduction to craft beer than this
1: Give me three examples Three examples,
2: Daytime IPA Wonderful Number one mm-hmm. um, Real Ale uh, Blonde Ale Buckle yes. Bunny, Buckle Bunny, yep. From uh, there's there's tons of them out there. Uh, Breckenridge, uh, their agave wheat. There's agave wheat. I you mean, mentioned there's the so show many before. out yeah. there that are just so good introductory to craft beers. Um, the Sam Seventy Six, any of the Sam and Adams, really. Yeah, I mean, come yeah. on. Uh, Dogfish head not the best introduction to craft beer. No. <laughs> Stay away from Stone for a while.
1: Founders you your, all day. Till you get your taste right. chops you your uh, taste worked chops. out. Founders
2: yeah. all day. There's, there's tons of great craft beers out there. Yep. They can introduce you to what craft beer is and, and more Budweiser and more coming all the time. Takes the their incredible multi-billion dollar resources. I like what you and did And makes there. something incredibly Lackluster.
1: I like what you did there. Multi-billion-dollar resources. Yes, I like it. Incredibly lackluster. All right, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. It's uh, smoking and toasting. When we return, uh, Cliff uh, from Plano's Cigar Warehouse uh, will join us with another one of our smoking and toasting recommended chop segments. And uh, still to come, we're going to be tasting. Oh, and I'm really excited that the beer uh, cam is back. Because we're going to be tasting, you were mentioning packaging. We'll be tasting a craft beer that I'm really excited about the packaging on. I haven't tasted the beer. I'm hoping it lives up to the packaging.
2: Packaging it, is secondary, but yeah, also
1: can be cool. It can be very fun. But and when it, all you're selling is the packaging, come right. on. Right. Well, that's that's why so my hopes are You got to be riled
2: up now about
1: this. Everybody's brewing has the Cryo IPA. We'll be tasting that uh, coming up in a couple of segments here. You're listening to Smoking and Toasting, and Ian is fired up. I'm fired up. <laughs>
2: Spotify. I was
1: like, Damn it, Damn it <laughs> Welcome back it's Smoking and Toasting. This program is all about. Craft beer, and sometimes not craft beer uh, yeah, <laughs> Fine spirits that, just, and hand just so rolled you cigars. know that, that That aftertaste is still affecting us yeah, uh-huh, It is, especially Ian who is, is He's as jumpy and fired up As I've seen him on the show <laughs> um, Our show is brought to you by B&B Butchers And Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston And in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Uh, still to come, we'll be Tasting Everybody's Brewing the Corio. Uh We'll also be talking About the uh, Texas Whiskey Festival winners, uh, but early Earlier this year, Ian and uh, Adam, my producer and I, were invited to Honduras by the um, uh, the people that do the. Uh, J.R.E. and Aladino cigars There
2: were uh, cigars
1: smoked And there was rum drank Yes, a lot of that happened All of it was good yes. uh, And we had a good time But had a chance to meet some people And find out about what their uh, uh, shops were like At other parts of the country uh, That we had not had a chance to visit And some of those visits have made their way Into a new, uh, a relatively new segment on the show That we like to call Smoking and Toasting Recommended Shops uh, These may be anywhere in the United States Or even outside the United States States. In this particular case, Plano, Texas. Here's a conversation that we had uh, with Cliff from Plano uh, while we were in Honduras, and he'll tell us a little bit about uh, his shop, the Cigar Warehouse, the best little cigar shop in Texas or something <laughs> like that. Best cigar warehouse in best Texas. Best cigar warehouse. Uh, here's Cliff from uh, Plano. All right, it's smoking a toast time for another uh, smoking a toast recommended shop segment. And uh, I don't know if shop really applies to a warehouse, but this is Cliff. Cliff, give us your name and the name of your store, and then we want to have you describe it for us, how it works. Sure.
0: My name's Cliff Allen, and I'm the manager of the Plano uh, store of Cigar Warehouse, the best little warehouse in Texas. Nice. Our second store is uh, on Royal and 75. My store is 2108 Dallas Parkway. Our second store... We have a 3,200 square feet store, which has a private member's lounge and a public lounge and an 1,800 square foot walk-in humidor. My store is unique. It's 1,800 square feet, and it is a humidor. From the minute you the walk in, store. the entire store is a humidor, which is why my hair turns frizzy in the summer. <laughs> we
1: can see you've been battling with that while I have here. for a long, yes. long time. Yes. Um, so... It, uh, with a name like Cigar Warehouse, does the store uh, give you that feel when you walk in that there's just rows and rows? I mean, the whole thing's a humidor. You know, rows and rows of uh, cigars and boxes. You have a huge, uh, huge stock and yeah. supply? Yes.
0: Uh, that's an excellent way to describe it, actually. Uh, we carry all the mainstream cigars. You walk in the main door. tails on the right-hand side. And everywhere you look, there are cigars. Uh, we also carry some boutique blends. And as was mentioned earlier, unfortunately, in Plano, you can't smoke. So Elliot, who's the owner, that's Elliot Seward, his philosophy is in, browse, buy, and leave. Okay? Uh, and that operation can take between three minutes and 15 minutes. It's entirely up to the
2: customer. I'm a long browser myself. Yeah. Like, my, my method is to walk in and do a first scan all the way around the humidor And then on my second run around, I'll start picking up sticks. Yeah, I'm with you. If I'm (laughs) going
1: someplace to buy a pair of shoes, I want to find the pair of shoes that looks right, that fits, and get the hell out of there. But when it comes to to cigars... If you come to my store, you
0: can always buy a pair of shoes because there's a shoe shop down the road.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So you have a totally different situation than a lot of cigar shops because your average customer is 15 minutes or less. You don't have a lounge, any of those.
0: That is very true. But so, it actually makes it quite exciting because we get the opportunity to interact with the customer on a personal level um our standard is we meet and greet the customer say hello how are you doing today is there anything that we can help you with and if the customer says i just want to browse we go okay if you have any questions you just give me a shout
2: so uh, we've talked actually uh, quite a bit over the last few days most cigar shop owners are able to smoke in their cigars so they get to try out the new cigars all the time while they're in their shop you get two shots a day to try out your cigars. That is correct. And they are?
0: My cigars? Yes. yeah. When, when uh, you get to Pretty smoke? much anything I can pick up that the only doesn't see. But when do you, <laughs> when
2: do you end up smoking them is what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> no, seriously. Uh, we're open from 10 a.m. in the morning till 9 p.m. at night, Monday through Saturday. And then from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. on a Sunday. Oh. Sunday guy's by himself, so unfortunately he doesn't get the opportunity to smoke. Uh, which is why I don't do Sundays. Um, <laughs> Monday to Fridays when I'm there, um, I'm by myself until usually around about 2 o'clock when the next guy will come in. So I'll take my break at 2. That's when I'll go and have a cigar. And it's really interesting because there's a grassy patch out the back of the shop. And we can go there and we can smoke. And being here in Texas, of course, that's most of the time. But in the winter, that's what I've got a truck for.
2: Uh, well, you said you said uh, earlier when we chatted, too, that uh, on your trip into work and yeah. on your trip home from work. Yeah,
0: I'm here. one of these fortunate people that lives near the shop 32 miles away. So that actually uh, that actually takes me an hour and an hour and 15 minutes depending upon the traffic. So what I've learned is that a Robusto is not long enough and a Toro is perfect.
1: I'm going to go out on a limb here, Cliff, and say that I don't think you are a Plano or Dallas native. No, I actually come correct? from East Texas. Do you really? Yeah, so far,
0: <laughs> so far east I of would. Texas...
1: So far east of
0: Texas, you get your feet wet. Uh, I, I hear you. I was actually born in Newcastle-upon-Tyne, which is in the northeast of England.
1: Okay. And when did you come to the States, and did you come to Texas then? Or
0: I came to Texas in 2004. Uh, in a previous life, uh, I was a technical support engineer for a, an engineering company. And in 2004, there was an opportunity to come over and become the engineering trainer. So I did that for about eight years, and then I moved up the ladder in corporate world, and I became what's known as the Global Service Program Manager, which is a very fancy title, which means you will go out and deal with the customer and set up the, tr- the training organization, the logistics, the spares, and everything, so that on the day that customer takes delivery of the machine and uh, our installation team set it up, everything's in place for that to work.
1: Wow. And so what got you from that to... Uh uh, spending your days in a cigar shop well um in 2014 uh, unfortunately
0: the i discovered that i was superfluous to requirements because the cut the customer um <laughs> nicely said oh man the company was downsizing and having a name like alan you know that's the first letter of the alphabet so yeah. out you go buddy
1: <laughs> wow that's uh that's the best phrase i think i've ever heard to describe that that's way better than downsizing um so uh, so that was when you decided to do something you were also interested in, I assume. Well, yeah. that's
0: true. Uh, I didn't really get into cigars until I came across to the States. Um, there are cigar s- stores um, in Scotland, which is where I used to live, but they tend to be like cigar warehouse. You're in, you buy, you're out. Right. The, to my knowledge in Glasgow at
1: that time, there was no cigar lounges. Wow. Well... Um, it sounds like a great store. I'm going to be up in your neck of the woods, actually, uh, in a couple of months. So I'll uh, I'll look you up. That'll be fun.
0: Well, you come in and see us because veterans get 20% off. Oh,
1: well, uh, I'm not a veteran, but uh, I no, can... No, but you look old enough to be okay, a veteran. Yeah, well, <laughs> that I am. <laughs> oh, you have a senior citizen discount. <laughs> you have senior t- citizen <laughs> discount. Perfect. <laughs> uh, what, if, what has struck you most about your uh, visit here at Camp Aladino in the GRI This is also
2: can... your first cigar uh, tour. It is. Uh, this, is tour. this is my
0: first cigar tour, and... There are several things which have really ticked my boxes here. Uh, First of all, it's a big thanks to Julio and uh, the family for looking after us so well. Um, I think I've uh, basically let my belt out two inches since I got here. (laughs) Uh, The professionalism that's exhibited at all times. The fact that these guys do treat us as family because at the end of the day, we are ambassadors for their brand and it's very very important that we understand how the process works here uh, in honduras we've been privileged to see what happens grow uh, with tobacco leaf that grows from a seedling all the way up to a full-blown plant and then the explanation as to how it all works until it gets to the roller gets to the boxes etc it's professional the whole way and the quality assurance i tell you guys it's absolutely fantastic
1: yeah it's not Surprising that this cigar is burning this straight, Mm -hmm. just like almost like razor's edge straight all the way down. Once you see the steps that they take to uh, to ensure that that's what they're, and just like we've talked about with the uh, uh, with the one that's in development that wasn't burning this way, uh, they're, they're nowhere close to releasing that until they take it back and get it right. They're gonna make it perfect. Yeah, but based on all the things that we were disgusting so that's been good has there been a cigar a particular cigar that stood out to you while you were here well it sounds like i'm
0: jumping on the bandwagon and i probably (laughs) am but this new aladino connecticut is one of the the best connecticut smokes i've ever had it goes great with a cup of coffee for me once we get our hands on them this is going to be my morning commute cigar
1: oh very nice
2: very nice i have to tell you you said it goes great with coffee. The coffee here is
1: amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're more of a coffee guy than I, <laughs> I am. But. You
2: know, I'm not that much of a coffee guy, really. I drink a um, couple cups of coffee in a week, but I've drank
1: coffee every time they offer it to me here because yeah. it's delicious. Yeah, yeah. It really really has a richness that I yes. think we're not uh, not necessarily used to That's true. Uh, in the States. Well, it has uh, sure been fun getting to hang out with you, get to know you a little bit, and I will... Uh, Look forward to coming to visit you in the shop. Well, thanks for the opportunity. And and you're now a smoking and toasting uh, recommended cigar shop. So. Woo Yeah, <laughs> thanks for being on the show. Okay, you're welcome. And thank you to Cliff and to our hosts there in Honduras. Uh, it was a great trip. We had uh, a that really was good time. Amazing. It was just so hard to find cigars to smoke. Uh, okay, we're going to take <laughs> a quick break. When we return, we're going to do a couple of tastings. Uh, we're going to taste the Everybody's Brewing the Corio, uh, and then we are going to also. Uh, be tasting the Grand Orindian Extra Anya Tequila, and then you've got a beer left for us to taste, don't you? My I friend? do.
2: i brought the Weyerbacher Insanity Ale, brewed
1: ooh ooh, ooh. Or, uh, aged in oak barrels. Hmm, very nice. We might have to save the tequila for that segment then. Well, that uh, one's only thirteen uh, percent. Oh well, okay. Well, uh, so we got a lot of great stuff coming up, and uh, on the way, we will tell you about. Um, the fifteen best tequilas you can buy right now. The Rob Report released a uh, a list, so you know there will be no expense, expared. <laughs> and expense we'll, uh, yeah, expired. Expense expared. That's right, and uh, we'll be right back. It's smoking and toasting. Yeah, maybe we just uh, maybe we save the tequila for the. Welcome back at Smoking and Toasting. Uh, we are uh, live in the studio today on doing show number 139. We are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clearfork in Fort Worth. Um, this is craft beer week, and then Saturday is World Whiskey Day. So, just in time for World Whiskey Day, Microsoft has helped to distill the first ever whiskey that was developed by artificial intelligence. I'm not
2: entirely sure what to say about that.
1: <laughs> uh, the tech giant, which is usually associated with uh, m- more sober products. I read that from the article. I didn't make like that. <laughs> nice. I myself. Uh, they teamed up with a Swedish whiskey, uh, whiskey distillery to find the perfect recipe. Macmyra Whiskey from Sweden. Details of the, the process. To find the perfect recipe. So yeah. this recipe has been... Distilled by a computer yeah. Uh, Details of the process uh, have not been released But according to Popular Mechanics Which is where I get all my whiskey news That's right um, Master blenders feed raw data into software Which they then run on Microsoft's Azure Cloud Program And AI Cognitive Services They input uh, data including legacy recipes Sales numbers and what customers like Algorithms then sift out the more than uh, Seventy million recipes and predict combinations which are likely to have the perfect flavor. The possibilities for different whiskies are said to be endless, and then the master blenders take those recipes and basically use them to make the uh, the whiskey. So, does this sound a little over homogenized to you? You know, I I don't like it. I I don't have this big problem with uh, with AI. Uh, I just think it has its place, right? It has it has its place, and and may again. Part of this whole movement that has made whiskey surge in popularity That has made craft beer surge in popularity That has made cigars surge in popularity Is the whole concept of it being hand-rolled, handcrafted, Not recipes selected by a machine okay. uh, I'm going to take a different approach on this too, All right.
2: Because I get what you're saying And, and very valid um, But how about this? They take everything that people like, and they make one product out of it. Mm-hmm. So that product has a little bit of everything that everybody likes. Yeah. Don't you think that's going to be a little meh? That's
1: not going to be my favorite.
2: My favorite beer. Like, when I want something yeah. whiskey, chocolatey, I go mm-hmm. to Whitmire's. When I want something whiskey, peaty, I go to Lafrague. Do you mm-hmm. think I want both of those things in one whiskey? No, no. Because I like both don't. of those things? You absolutely
1: don't. And in you know, fact- so it sounds to me like the computer... I'll go one further. Budweiser proves to us that what most people like in beer is the furthest thing from what I like or you like. That's right. Because neither one of us want the one that would be like the most popular. Well, this is what want. I'm
2: going to call the Luby's
1: theory, okay? <laughs> You've eaten Luby's. The Luby's theory. For those who are not from Texas, maybe you better elaborate on what Luby's okay. is. Luby's is... Uh, this is
2: the uh, this is the cafeteria where everyone goes, and here's right. the, here's why I call it the Lubies. You seer. get the tray, and right.
1: you say I'll have that salad. And if that you're meat. under
2: if you're under fifty four, you're probably not at you're Luby's. probably one of the younger people you, at Lubies, generally speaking. But Lubies operates on one simple principle: mm-hmm. their food's not bad, and it's not it's, it's not not, ba- not bad. Actually, at all. as a matter of fact, you can order pretty much anything off their cafeteria, and it's all right. Yeah. I don't know if you could actually complain, unless you're just a complainer, about anything at Luby's. Right. But that is why they sell food, because it's good. It's good for everybody. It's good your grandmother can eat it even if she has gastrointestinal issues. You can eat it because your grandmother's there and she wants Lubies, and you can get that little square of fish with a ton of tartar sauce. Right, right. Which is the the square fish is literally just a tartar sauce delivery system. That's, exactly, that's the way what works. <laughs> exactly what it is. Exactly <laughs> 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 what that's, that's it is. But but Luby's is just one of these restaurants where everything is so mediocre and you can't possibly complain about it that everybody eats there. Right. The problem is you when know you start, you're
1: not going to get a bad
2: meal there. That's right. And everybody can find... I don't care how picky you are. If you're a vegetarian, you mm-hmm. can find something there. If you're not a vegetarian, you can find something there. If you don't eat beef, if you don't eat chicken, if you don't eat... what, well, It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You can, you can find food and be fine there. The problem is when you start adding flavor to stuff, say, for instance, you open a, I don't know, Cajun restaurant. Mm-hmm. Well, you've just slashed your customer base... By right, a very a substantial amount. a whole bunch amount. of
1: people aren't coming to eat By adding stuff. flavor. Right. No, and that's, that's point. the
2: problem I see when you start to homogenize a, a, a recipe like that. What does everybody like? We're going to put everything in there, and now you have mm-hmm. that. Yep, same Which thing happens. Which is
1: mediocre for everybody, because it's yeah. always a compromise. Yeah. Same thing happens when you try to, let's say, develop a hit television show. You don't wind up with The Sopranos or Breaking Bad. You wind up with Jim's House or whatever that is. Uh, you know what I'm talking everybody about. Everybody loves Raymond. It, well, everybody loves was Raymond was was a, was a funny show, but you, you wind up with you wind up with something that is designed to appeal to the widest possible audience, That's right? And those aren't the shows that I love. I love the shows where they just got in and found a That's really no cool full way house. to tell a story, right? Full House, a perfect <laughs> example. Yeah, it's a, a perfect example. So, <laughs> all right, I would like to open this next segment of the program by saying, in as you know, best. Best way as I possibly can I'm covering my eyes One, two, three Unto the four Introducing to you The Everybody's Brewing IPA Called The Cryo do you get it? <laughs> okay, I was waiting. I was waiting for it to dawn on you what was going on here. This it's is where the I said chronic. Yeah, this is oh this is gosh. where I said uh, this is going to be like this is a this place is, where I hope that the beer lives up to the packaging. This is hold on. I, I love, I'm i going to
2: pause, Mr. Twirly gig on the yes. beer
1: cam so you
2: can concentrate on this because this is the cover. Yeah. From Dr. Dre's the chronic. The chronic. One of the one of the most like
1: epic and the landmark uh, hip hop albums of all time. Right. Yeah. Apparently everybody's brewing knows how to party Apparently they do So <laughs> we haven't tasted the beer I've never had this before So it's going to be very interesting to see how this uh, turns cry. out But I got it because the packaging You know there's been a few beers that I bought Just because of the packaging Some of them had like Day of the Dead type packaging Which I'm I'm a sucker for that uh, Some of them have just had you know, They just look good I'm going to so I'm I'm back
2: them. down A uh, uh, I'm going to back up just a little bit before I open this and mention, because we were talking about Budweiser earlier and how mm-hmm. they sell their packaging. oh you're but, still on this. Budweiser does a lot of things really well. Their packaging is gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, uh, All yeah. of their imagery is amazing. Those Clydesdales, mm-hmm. if you've ever stood oh, next yeah. to one it's amazing. of those, it's amazing. breathtaking. Those those animals and are huge and I've been to the majestic. brewery. The
1: brewery is a thing of wonder. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. In St. Louis. You know the only thing that they really do wrong? The beer. The beer. Yeah. Well, Speaking with that in mind, what, let's see- how the guys did at everybody's brewing with the craya. Yeah. I just thought it was uh was just brilliant. Now see I can see that session where they're sitting down and someone came up with the idea and
2: they're like, No, no, seriously, we're doing this.
1: Yeah, right. Exactly. I don't know,
2: guys. No, no. No, this is happening.
1: We're doing this. It's <laughs> happening. Well, uh, I have a feeling that uh, this, this will smells not, uh, fruity amazing, actually. Mm. I, I have a feeling that this will not be as flavorless uh, on the nose as uh, as the last Like, one. I haven't even put
2: it near my face. Yeah, and it smells you can, fruity and amazing. You can
1: smell the, the citrus and the fruit on this already. Mm, mm. It
2: smells good. Mm-mm. Hazy.
1: It tastes good, too.
2: Boy, Small bubbles
1: So, Ian, this is really interesting Because, uh, first of all, I really like this And we'll go into the flavor profile in, in a second But this, this could also be called Dank AF Dank AF, yes, <laughs> absolutely It is a very uh, it's it's <laughs> a very dank beer And it's interesting that you say that Because it says on the can um, This is dedicated to the craft beer fans That were down from day one Welcome to cryo uh, Through a cryogenic separation process uh, pure Lapulin uh is extract, extracted from the hop cone, leaving behind a hop powder that contains all the desired flavor. Enjoy the huge aroma and juicy flavor of the pounds of mosaic powder in this uh groundbreaking IPA. I actually thought it said something about dank on there. Maybe that was I was confusing it with something else. But no,
2: you know um, what? This is this is dank A <laughs> F. Mm-hmm. And it has a pineapple-like bitterness to it. Yes. But more of an orange peel kind of flavor. You know what I really... Or, or lemon, lemon, mm-hmm. orange peel, like the zest, like lemon zest. zest and yeah. orange peel kind of flavor. This is really interesting. This, is, this would
1: not be my first flavor. grab, but this is good. This is interesting and it's intricate. And it's interesting in a way because in comparison to the Budweiser Copper Lager uh, that we had earlier, which... Felt like big beer trying to make a craft beer This really is one You know this, what I mean? The flavor ride on this is so interesting Because
2: it hits the front of the tongue with a brightness It follows the middle of the palate With a malty roll mm-hmm. That just goes right across the middle And then finishes with that Bright citrusy Zesty Like it, My mouth is just watering right yeah, now it, It's like that You know that that quench gum you used to get at, like
1: yes, I remember that It would make that you stuff. drool just about this. Yeah. This
2: leaves your mouth like that. This is actually, this is a very interesting. And the more I drink this, the more I like it. It's the opposite of what the Budweiser did to me. Mm-hmm. The more I drink this, the more I kind of want more of it. Just chill
1: till yeah. the next episode.
2: <laughs> That's good.
1: That's really really good. It's
2: pretty nice. Mm. Mm. I love the packaging. Though. That's uh, the cryo. Yeah,
1: I've actually, I've actually had this beer for a while, and every time I uh, thought about bringing it, I, uh, I, I was like, uh, something else would come up, and I would go, no, 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 that's, uh, that's got, pretty. pretty. Where's everybody's in, brewing from? I want to say that it's from uh, Washington, white salmon, Washington, uh, which yeah. sounds like a relatively small uh, part of Washington, uh, because, I, well, for one thing, I've never heard of it before. Right, so, right. Uh, I, I could be wrong about that, but. Um, this feeling. is one I don't
2: know that I drink a lot of that. Uh I like the flavors. I like the flavor ride, but this is one that I'd like to have in my uh in my refrigerator as as a Oh, you like IPAs? Let me show you something show cool you and interesting. Yeah, Cuz
1: exactly. this is a cool and interesting IPA. Yes it is. It's it's uh, it's definitely different and definitely something that you would uh, you know, you'd enjoy showing off a little bit. Of. Yeah. Sorry I'm and if you're into IPA dankness, this is
2: an IPA for you. And that's a that's a very IPA nerd kind of thing, like that dankness. <laughs> the dankness, yes, mm. is uh, is very much.
1: Uh, all right, so let me share with you real quick the uh, the whiskey uh, festival winners uh, for the Texas Whiskey Festival. Uh, so the uh, Texas Whiskey Festival took place uh, back in April. And uh, these were the winners that, uh, that were announced in the various categories uh, In the category of bourbon distilled grain to glass in Texas Number three, Ranger Creek 36 That's not the one I was looking for I didn't for, think was. that was funny at all <laughs> uh, Number two was the Garrison Brothers Balmorea And number one See, I think you're doing the completely wrong sound effects there yet Pretty sure, yeah. Uh, Number one was Iron Root Republic Harbinger. So, uh, Ranger Creek, Garrison Brothers, and number one, Iron Root. That's for bourbon. These these are just all wrong for what we're doing. Everything about them is wrong. Uh, (laughs) Bourbon, bottled in Texas. Number three, Treaty Oak Red-Handed Bourbon. I don't think I've had that of you. No. Uh, We've had... Treaty Oak, I believe, at one of the uh, whiskey events, Mm -hmm. but I don't think Mm -hmm. I've had that one Uh, Number two, Ben Milam Single Barrel Bourbon Don't know anything about that Bourbon Bottled in Texas And number one, Oak and Eden Bourbon and Spire This is bourbon bottled in Texas So what this means is some of the bourbons could have been sourced from other locations It's not grain to glass but it's bottled uh, specifically in Texas. In- grain, grain to glass, <laughs> meaning basically mm-hmm. you're from the same area or
2: region mm-hmm. right. from where the the grain is. Exactly,
1: grown. exactly. Uh, malt whiskey uh, number three, real spirits distilling signature what? whiskey. Uh, we number- talked about real spirits. Number two, a while the Balcones Texas One single mm. malt. We've had on this show, and it's wonderful. I have yeah, at home. yeah. Uh, and number one, Spirit of Texas Fluger single malt. I don't know if that's uh, you it's know from uh, we've had spirit of Texas but we, I don't think we I don't I've have, had the sugar yeah, I don't think so whiskey distilled grain to glass in Texas now remember we went over bourbon before right so this is the whiskey distilled grain to glass uh, number three real spirits distilling double barrel man they hit it twice number two Andalusia whiskey company Stryker. never heard of them and number one balcone's true blue one under <laughs> Which is I've, wonderful I've by killed the a bottle mm-hmm. of that Which is wonderful Whiskey bottled in Texas And we did this for bourbon Now whiskey bottled in Texas uh, Number three Austonian spirits Austonian whiskey uh, Number two Dripping Springs distilling Republic mm-hmm. whiskey hmm. So Dripping Springs I'm familiar with their vodka Not with their and their Republic vodka whiskey, is yeah.
2: actually quite tasty
1: I like their vodka As a neutral spirit That's a delicious yeah, one. I like their vodka It's a go-to for me uh, And number one Oak and Eden Cabernet steeped so that's whiskey bottled in Texas, which may be sourced uh, other places, of course. Um, the People's Choice Award. Number three, Iron Wolf Ranch and Distillery. Number two, Iron Root Republic Distilling. Oh, yeah. And number one, Garrison Brothers. Um, Garrison
2: Brothers, so good.
1: And in the rye whiskey category, which I skipped over, Balcony's Texas Rye took number one. I drank a glass of that last night. Uh, grain to glass. Ben Milam Rye Whiskey, uh, number two, bottled in Texas. And at number three, Yellow Rose Distillings Rye Whiskey, also bottled in Texas. So the most surprising thing to me about the whole list of winners wasn't that uh, Yellow Rose uh, came in third because they make some really quality products. It was that they actually showed up to the event. (laughs) That was kind of a surprise to me because they. I somehow knew that was coming. they, They occasionally say they're going to be there. And then just don't show. So I've been told. I just snorted. That was funny. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I snorted earlier when I took some of that beer into my nostril, so uh, we're, we're both even on that one. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and come back. We have um, uh, we have some amazing beer that Ian's brought in uh, to taste, or at least I think it's going to be amazing. And what we hope is some amazing tequila, well... I'll give you a, a hint I've already tried this tequila It's not a full bottle Cheater uh, Yeah So uh, uh, so that's coming up And uh, I will also uh, We'll also be sharing with you A uh, a really interesting list Of the best tequilas you can buy According to the Rob Report So uh, that's coming up next It is smoking and toasting, And we'll be right back See I'm not surprised that they placed third I was surprised that they showed that up, they showed up the- That they made it to the event Because I knew as soon as you
2: said that I knew exactly Surely what it was about Surely somebody to was having a baby. That's all I can think of. And <laughs> it was a surprise. On the beach in
1: Hawaii. Welcome back, it's smoking and Toastin. We are the program that is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. We're brought to you by B Butchers and Restaurant, eighteen fourteen Washington Ave in Houston, and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth, also by B Italiano and BB Lemon. Which is across the street from uh, B and B, mm-hmm. and uh, I I really would be remiss if I let the entire show go by without saying bacon, 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 bacon. bacon, 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 bacon. bacon. Yeah, th- thank you very much. Uh, Rob Report is one of those. Uh, uh, this is the typical um, uh, the typical customer or subscriber for the Rob Report. You ready? It's not billionaires who own their own private plane. The Rob Report's typical subscriber. Is people who like to leave the Rob Report laying around, so that people will think they're a billionaire who could own their own private plane. Uh. That's who the that's who, and I'm not saying billionaires don't subscribe to it because they have you know nice reviews of yachts and you know things like that. But uh, but yeah, typically when you see a list of great cigars in the Rob Report, they'll include like mostly Cubans and and that Davidoff that sells for like several thousand dollars. Yes, you know that's that's what you see. So it's designed to be a little bit. Pretentious and and stuff. However, you can learn some interesting things uh, from from looking at it from the perspective of when money's no object. Right. You know what what would be what would be the greatest thing. So they've prepared a list for us. The Rob Report has of the fifteen best tequilas that uh, you can buy right now. So I don't think the one we're going to try is on here. But I'm pretty excited about it anyway. Uh, but let's let's just go down the list real quick. Uh, El Tesoro Patadiso, Uh It is about $130. It's an extra añejo that spent five years resting in uh, ex cognac barrels instead of um, uh, traditional American oak. The Casa Dragones Joven J O V E N retails for about $275. Hoven, maybe? Maybe it's Hoven. Yeah, I bet it is because it's yeah. Uh, You've got to be right about that. Uh, it's a uh, $275 uh, bottle. Uh, the uh, Classe Azul Reposado Now this is a Reposado Which is making the list So we may have to try this Ian The, the retail on it is about $75 mm-hmm. And it comes in a beautiful um, uh, Sort of a hand uh, Crafted yeah, ceramic that. That's really uh, thing. I've actually seen this in the store I've never had it uh, We may have to try this because again it's a Reposado And uh it's you know it's under a hundred bucks. Eh, this this one may be in our future, uh, but it's hand sculpted, hand painted uh, ceramic decanters. They say it's not quite as aged as the añejo, uh, but the reposado delivers a, a superfluity of flavor. They say, highlighted by cooked agave, tropical fruit, vanilla, and toffee. So nice. interesting. The Casa Noble Selección del Fundador Volume Two. Um, It sells for $1,500 a bottle Again, when money's no object The name sounded like yeah, it sells. for $1,500 Yeah, $1, yeah it, it really does So uh, so there you go, it's the oldest tequila made from uh, Casa Noble Yeah, I'm not surprised uh, The Avion Reserva 44 Now we've had the Avion Extra Añejo yes. on this show And we liked it quite a yes. bit, as I recall uh, This is the one that takes it like a little more than that Because you can be an Extra Añejo at just over three years yes. But this Extra Añejo uh, is uh, it's high altitude, um, first of all, where the agave is grown at 7,000 feet, and it's small batch, and it's about $140 a bottle. They use an ultra-slow filtration process and then aged it in oak for 43 months. Which is a long right. time. That's a for long tequila. time to be sitting yeah in for, for tequila. That's yeah. a very long time. Then in the forty fourth month, they forty um, fourth month they finish it in small barrels, uh, which gives it more contact with the wood and deepens the complexity. And all that wood does not disguise, they say, the beautiful agave uh, flavor. So uh, it just caramelizes it. Uh, tequila Ocho Plata, twenty seventeen, single estate, Los Platos, only fifty dollars. I we've had tequila ocho oh, on the show, these in but order? not the plata. Are these in not like necessarily? A, oh, no. Okay, they're just not necessarily. Yes, I didn't know if they were going um, from like a one to. Well, I've whatever. seen this tequila ocho. I, I want to say we've had tequila ocho on the show, but I don't think it was the the plata. The plata a plata is a clear, yes, uh, silver uh, tequila. So. Uh, interesting. We've had, I think, they're extra añejo on the show, or the, or at least the añejo. So we may have to look at that plateau. Uh The Don Julio 1942, uh, the original luxury tequila. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, aged a minimum of two and a half years. It's 125 dollars a bottle, uh, and it's a warm and inviting sipper. Uh, they say that has notes of tropical fruit, rich dessert notes, chocolate, caramel, and vanilla, and spiced undertones. At uh, $7,500 a bottle. The Patron in Lalique Serie 2. Uh, Patron has really gotten serious about these ultra high end mm-hmm. uh, tequilas. They're often in very expensive bottles, which is part of the. That's what goes for, with that multi
2: thousand yep. dollar Davidoff cigar, by the way.
1: That's right. It's exactly right. hmm.
2: Excuse me, I had to take a quick It'd be drink, hilarious though. if those things didn't <clears throat> actually go well together.
1: Now, if you want to spend about $100, you can get the Patron, Patron Estate Release. Uh, it is a very uh, much more typical tequila looking bottle. doesn't look like the bottle itself is worth several thousand dollars. And it's um, it's a uh, bottle at 84 proof, a little extra oomph over the mm-hmm. normal uh, 80 proof. And it's about $100 a bottle. We talked about the clase Azul uh, earlier that was in the $75 range. Uh, so here's one that's the clase Azul Añejo, Edición indengia mazuha. I think I'm saying that right. I apologize if I'm not, uh, but I didn't practice that one uh, before. Uh, it's uh, clase Azul, a boutique tequila that is, um, after slow roasting the beautiful agaves, which are at least nine years old, in traditional brick ovens, uh, the aging is twenty five months inside X Jim bourbon barrels, so it's about four hundred fifty dollars a bottle. Mm. <coughs> so you can see they jump from seventy five to four hundred and fifty. Yeah, pretty which is quickly. A little crazy. Yeah, uh, Tequila for, uh, Fortaleza Blanco uh, still strength. It is fifty nine dollars, and it's a blanco. So a blanco. There's blanco you made the must have reposado, list, huh? and then there's añejo in terms of the mm-hmm. the aging. So. It's a fifty-nine dollar uh, blanco, but they say when it comes to the world's tastiest tequilas, this one belongs in the conversation. It was previously available only at the distillery. It's ninety-two proof, and uh, it you know comes from a straight from a small copper pot still, no water added before uh, bottling, thus uh, enhancing the spicier and vegetal notes. Um, the next one on the list is my favorite tequila that I've ever tried. Uh, and we have had it on the show before because I brought my personal bottle mm-hmm. in uh, the Jose Cuervo Reserva de la Familia. Oh yeah, uh, it is about one hundred and fifty dollars a bottle, and worth every penny. This tequila is uh, you know. makes a great margarita. Yeah. If you uh, if you would like to. Uh, if you would like to see God without having to drink the entire bottle, that's that's the way to go. <laughs> uh, tequila cabeza, uh, the company uh, from the company that bought us uh, Ford's gin. It's a field-to-bottle single estate tequila. It's thirty-eight dollars a bottle, and they call it an earthy agave bomb. So what's interesting about this list is even though it's Rob Report, and even though there's some there's... really expensive stuff on here, there's also some stuff not so expensive. Yeah, uh, Session Blanco. Uh, Launched in Australia, uh, that is $43 They say light and fresh with a touch of spice Complemented by sweet citrus and green pepper notes Uh, Lingering uh, finish, boasts a white pepper steak and a bit of mint And the last one on their list I was surprised to see this Is Santo Fino Blanco I don't think this is actually on the market yet But this is Sammy Hagar and Guy Fieri's new Tequila. Now, admittedly, Sammy Hagar, when he was a part of doing the Cabo Wabo tequila, uh-huh. back before every celebrity had a tequila, I mean, that was a great tequila. and yeah. still is, by the Agreed. way. He sold it and doesn't own it anymore. But here's what they say. They say, uh, this is a handshake agreement between Sammy Hagar and TV's bleachiest food personality, Guy Fieri, uh, but it begat this brand new tequila. They say, go ahead and roll your eyes if you must, or you could check that bias and Head to Flavor Town and enjoy Santo fino Blanco at fifty dollars a bottle for what it is: old world style tequila designed for sessions. There's a trunca. lot of hair product between those two. But <laughs> well, you're absolutely right. <laughs> uh, so there's a list. I thought that would be interesting to share. And I'm going to definitely try the Santo fino. And there's several others on here that I'm going to try as well. Um, I would love to try the uh, the seventy five hundred dollar bottle, but probably probably not going to happen. <laughs> Unless somebody wants to gift us you know Speaking what I'm of trying, Speaking bottles, of trying of bottles of tequila yeah. Why don't you put that bad I just, boy on the tequila uh, I just want to point out cam. that this
2: looks like it has been tried
1: Yeah, I, I'm going to admit to you this came out of my personal bar Um, This is uh, You know I I know people actually That have great tequila collections I do not Because I have a tendency To drink it too fast And it keeps there from It keeps the collection part of it From actually happening So uh, But this is The the trick to collecting Any uh, particular kind of
2: drink Is mm -hmm. to get more than you can actually drink Yeah And
1: so In whiskey I can do that
2: Right You have to depend on the The time it takes For you to decide Which one to drink
1: Right Therefore
2: Lowering the amount of time you have have to drink it
1: Well in whiskey I I seem to be able To collect it Faster than I can drink. I just drink whiskey Slower I guess I, I enjoy enjoy Love whiskey But tequila I am much the other way around Tequila becomes my passion When it comes to spirits I Love A wonderful You tequila. have turned me on To many
2: good te- Tequilas That mm-hmm. I never would have Thought mm-hmm. twice about
1: mm. As have you With whiskeys And uh, bourbons My friend
2: So This is peppery
1: Yes it is It is a really Interesting Uh Tequila to me and one of the reasons I wanted to bring it on the show is because I thought it was a bit different from some of the ones that we've had Yeah,
2: usually show. you bring a uh, a caramel and, mm-hmm. um, and sweet forward tequila This Which is very a,
1: peppery, this is not super sweet Right, the caramel, I love that caramel and oaky uh, sort mm-hmm. of uh, flavor in my tequila, the little bit of vanilla That you get with That's why I love the Reserva de la Familia so much Because it's really rich in those flavors This is very different And one of the things that I've noticed about this Is that the mouthfeel on this is much thinner Yeah Than what I'm used to I'll, for an extra añejo tequila I'll tell
2: you what I think about this though As different as this is And you say the mouthfeel is uh, mouth a little thinner overall I agree, the pepperiness is so forward I bet this is amazing with food I bet this is, it is absolutely fantastic. I can
1: tell you that it is, but I can also tell you that it's a very, for tequila, which I, I don't throw back at all. I sip tequila. I mean, I, my days of throwing back tequila shots are long gone, but it's what I would describe as very sessionable. Yeah. It's easy to sip on this a little bit, empty your glass, go back for more, sip on that, go back for more. Very this, sessionable. I'm, I'm going to be
2: honest with you, this makes me want corn tortillas and black beans and cheese. Yeah. Yeah, like it literally yes. like it just maybe I'm hungry. But maybe. it really pulls that up and makes me go that's that's what I would have with this and it would be amazing.
1: It's got a pepperiness to it. It's got a little hint of vanilla, but it's yeah. not like the uh not like the oaky or um you know, more mm. barrel aged uh tasting. You get the impression that this was not aged in oak barrels but was aged more in the uh in the metal barrels. Yeah. Um uh, is is it's what I would It's good, guess. but I think I, it's. Delicious. I really like it. Um, I think it's delicious. In fact, I, um, it definitely has bumped its way into my sort of uh, top five.
2: Yeah, I would say this. This to me just screams. I want to have this with food. Mm-hmm. Like I've had a lot of tequilas that the the, the sweeter ones in generally maybe with food. Uh, more with a dessert-style si- uh, thing or cigar This mm-hmm. this really wants that traditional Mexican Kind of does, doesn't it? Yeah. Not not chips and salsa, but like
1: Right, with the traditional Mexican barbacoa and, uh, Yeah, yeah, something this that's wants kind of, yep, those rich absolutely. flavors like absolutely. that Absolutely, those, those. those charro bean flavors and mm-hmm. things like that Yeah, you're absolutely right Well, um, Ian, I don't want to rush us here But uh, we do have uh, one more beer to try And I oh, have yes, glasses and cups So... Uh, I I thought it would be interesting to try the beer in the same segment that we tried this uh tequila cuz it just it looked like it might be a little boozy. Am I wrong?
2: Well, if by boozy you mean 13.3%, that's
1: kind of what I mean, yes. Then
2: yes, this is going to be a little bit boozy. They <laughs> you know, they don't actually put much on here. So, uh what I'm probably going to do is hand this over to you and then look it up and see what it says.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, I will uh, I will open it. <laughs> I'm looking, I'll open
2: looking it. at the uh the uh the comments, comments here, yeah. and Brian says, "Get more than you can drink." The
1: hell you say!
2: <laughs> I'm going to look that uh, beer up. I started to do that earlier. And You're uh, right that I there's not distracted. a lot of information
1: on the uh, on the uh, uh, label on the bottle. No. This is the Weyerbacher Insanity Ale, aged in oak barrels. And just for a moment before I open it, I'll put it on the uh, the beer cam, just so people can get a uh, a good example, a good idea of what it looks like there. I tell you what the what is what is our official name for the beer cam? Uh Twisty thingy? Mr. Twirly Gig is what Mr. Brian Twirly wants to gig. call it. Mr. Twirly Gig, all right, all right. That that works. I still like, well, I forget what I was going to call it now. Mr. Twirly Gig will work fine for me.
2: Oh, I get it now. All right. All right. Okay, so this is, they have another beer, and I wish, I'd, I wish I'd have known this because I have the other beer as well. This is, uh, Insanity is 13.3%. ABV is made by aging their blithering idiot on oak. Blithering Idiot is outstanding and it's also twelve percent.
1: So you've had that, but you haven't. Oh, had I this have one.
2: some in my fridge. I didn't realize that or I'd have brought oh, both of them. And then uh, we just, you know, the show would go on forever.
1: <laughs> yeah. Except we might not go on forever. Weyerbacher <laughs> brewery 12 is twelve and it's a 13. brewery out of
2: Pennsylvania and mm-hmm. it's not available here in Texas, but every time my brother uh comes down to visit, my brother in law, uh Dave comes down to visit. I have him pick me up a case um, of various Weyerbacher beers because I haven't had anything from them that is less than amazing. Yeah. And they make huge beers. Like, their lightest beer that I know of that I've tried is, I still think, in the 8% range. They may make something lighter than that, but I haven't tried it. Oh, my. Uh, we've tried a couple of their beers. We've tried their yes, Merry Monks. Uh, yes, I remember the Merry Monks. And I have a delicious. I have a barley wine from them that I'll be bringing at some
1: point. You have a barley wine. I
2: know it's weird. Like, why would I have a barley wine in my <laughs> fridge? Very bizarre.
1: Uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I put see. him I up to. on Mr. Twirly. Well, gig you've there. done it one uh, moment too early because my oh, cup is still empty, sir. Sorry. I uh, I smelled yours and then poured one for Adam, and uh, and then here we go. Now this can be put up on Mr. Twirly Gig.
2: Yeah, Let this has sure some viscosity to, to it.
1: Um and then we have a tequila and uh, and and very
2: little uh beer waiting for you So Very little uh, uh bubbles. Mhm. So, I'm waiting. I I've actually had a bottle of this, so I do understand this beer already.
1: I am previously experienced with when it. When you say you understand it. I understand it. You you and this beer have reached an understanding. What, what
2: happens is when you drink two bottles of this in a row, you reach a place called the knowing.
1: <laughs> okay? <laughs>
2: The problem with the knowing is right past the knowing is the forgetting. Yes, yes. I think
1: I think they covered both these are- of these. In Avengers Endgame, when they got all the crystals I the, uh, together. I love
2: the chuckle from our producer yeah, in the yes, background yes. over there.
1: <laughs> I think they covered all this in Avengers Endgame, which I only bring up to so Brian uh, on comments will go, oh crap, he's going to talk about Avengers Endgame again. So, uh, no, they didn't talk about the knowing. But yes, the knowing and the forgetting are the two, knowing and the two very important uh, areas. So, And they're, uh, they're close to each other. Ian, this is actually really delicious. Now, um, I'm no... Finding this very, very different from the larger beers that you normally bring Very different in, in just flavor and, and profile and characteristics This is not a barley wine Well, that's true <laughs> And it's also not a barrel-aged barrel like, stout
2: either So No, this tastes more like an old ale um, mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. it's more like an old ale and then um, and then aged and very boozy And I like right. this because you can taste the oak in this The oak finish on this is very dry Um and leaves the palate very... This goes great with cigars, by the way. Uh, and leaves the palate just wide open for whatever you're... Uh, I bet, yeah. For whatever you're going to have next. It goes great with whiskey. Um, it goes great with bourbon. It. The interesting thing about the flavor on this is it works around almost everything I've had with it. And this is... I've had a few bottles of this. already. So, I will tell you what it doesn't go with. It doesn't go... I can't imagine it going doesn't with doesn't go with the tequila.
1: tequila. In fact, after drinking this beer... I took a sip of the tequila. It was like drinking water. Oh, does it bury it that much? Buries it, buries it. See if you agree. Yeah, it's almost non-existent.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <It> tastes like <laughs> tastes like somebody splashed agave over water. Right. Well, I'll tell you, we've
1: we've stumbled onto some amazing pairings, totally by accident, on the show just by. Uh, connecting our our spirit and our uh, and our final beer, but in this case, yeah, this is not one of them. You know, uh, after after having that sip
2: of that and going back to the beer, though, it almost brings out a Belgian style fruitiness in the front of the mm. flavor that I wasn't quite expecting. Oh,
1: you are correct. Yeah. You get a little of that uh, yeastiness too yeah. that uh, that the Belgians have um, those yeasty Belgians. Uh, but this, I, Ian, I do think this is delicious. I'm surprised. At how refreshing it is. At being what'd you say, thirteen percent? Thirteen three
2: and it's while well, it's boozy, you're right. It actually doesn't finish real dark and heavy or and sweet And it's not
1: refreshing because it's heavily carbonated, which sometimes you know, sometimes when you get like a barley wine style ale or uh, something, it'll it'll be it'll be refreshing on the throat because of the bubbles. The, this is well, not so the bubbles. Bubbles bubbles have the effect of
2: giving the flavors a little more brightness kind of mm-hmm. to it. A little more liveliness to it. Uh, so a lot of people like bubbles because of that, whether they realize that or not. But when you have something that doesn't have much bubbles and stands up, you're relying entirely, especially right on that front end of the palate, you're relying on that initial uh, taste. I tell you, that's Because really bubbles good. can mask
1: flavors, too. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Well, we want to invite you to join us for next week's show. We're going to be, as uh, we mentioned at the uh, outset of the show... Uh, we've been invited on a uh, cigar paddle boat cruise this weekend, and we'll be taking our gear down and uh, talking with some of the people from uh, EP Carrillo. I don't want to say who yet because I'm not sure who, what we'll yeah. wind up with, but uh, we're definitely going to be talking with some of the people who can talk to us about EP Carrillo, the cigar company that, by the way, landed the number one cigar of the yeah. year in Cigar Aficionado this year, so we're really excited for them and uh, and and proud of our buddy Alan Denny, who no one cares about <laughs> uh, But we will be there and hanging out with him And it's going to be a fun time for us uh, Getting to smoke a few cigars Enjoy a little paddle boat cruise around the uh, harbor and, uh, and you know what they say in Galveston When you're there is that any medical waste that washes up on the beach is yours to keep? You can you can so, take it yeah, home. Right? Yeah, so you can, you can take it home with you. So, uh, so anyway, we're looking forward to that. It's gonna it's gonna be a great uh, it's gonna be a great time. And honestly, uh, I think it'll make for a great segment for next week's show. So uh, that's that's absolutely awesome. I uh, want to thank Cliff from uh, Plano, our uh, our our. What are you pointing to? The the Budweiser.
2: Brian just said, "Hey, now try the Budweiser." Reserve. I'm I'm interested to see <laughs> if I can even taste this after any of okay.
1: that. Okay, well, pour that in. pour that in. There's just enough. Although I'm a little try.
2: afraid of the aftertaste that kept lingering. Pour that in and 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 try. before. It's we... just, surprisingly enough, it still has absolutely no, <laughs> just, almost and, no and, nose,
1: and still no flavor. Uh, yeah, still no flavor on the nose. Now remember, we this
2: don't... is this is weak. This this tastes like, uh, you know when you drank all of your Coca-Cola
1: mm-hmm. and you had half a glass of ice and then the ice melted and you take a sip of it? And, and you had some buddy in high school that would always say, <laughs> the last swallow of your Coke is spit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know where it's like all the melted ice, but it just has a yeah. tiny hint of tiny syrupiness. Tiny hint of syrupiness. That's, that's what that yeah. just well, tastes like.
1: I'm not surprised. I mean, <laughs> honestly, the Weyerbacher, uh Insanity. But I love the name, by the way, and the uh, and the illustration. Um, that's a. I mean, that's that's a big full beer. Yeah. So I'm not surprised. I mean, if it's going to knock out the tequila, it's definitely going to knock out yeah. the. Uh, well, so remember, after two
2: lever. of these, you reach the knowing. Yes. On your third three, one, you reach the forgetting. The forgetting. And, uh, so depending and then on number four, you time travel. We just call that blacking out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How did I get here? Good a place as any to uh, wrap up the show, I think, although I'm going to have to pour a little more of this in order to do a uh, final toast. Uh, thank you to everybody for being here this week. Thank you to uh, our uh, our good friends at B&B, uh, Butchers and Restaurant, and uh, Bacon, 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 and uh, Ian, it's uh, it's been a fun show. Thanks to Brian and Jessica and Howard and everybody that uh, <laughs> that, that chimed on, in. On the chiming in, yes, uh, we appreciate it. It's going to be a uh, an interesting week, and we'll see you uh, next week with news from EP Carrillo Cigars. Have a wonderful week, my friend That is outstanding. Congratulations to Dogfish Head and um, I can't wait to see Boston Beer Company. Have a great week. Cheers. Yeah, this. This was completely <laughs>